Content provided by the people. Right here on 89.3 KEYK, Osage Beach, Missouri. Stacy Johnson, and this is your Lake Expo News Cut for Monday, October 18th. Take a deeper dive at lakeexpo.com. Millstone Marina, the oldest and largest operating marina on the Lake of the Ozarks, has just been sold. A Florida-based investment group, Southern Marinas Holding Two, announced the purchase last week. They stated in a press release that Millstone was the perfect addition to Southern Marina's rapidly growing portfolio. A Camdenton school janitor is facing more charges as after authorities say he exposed himself in a school bathroom. Jesse DeVore has been charged with six more felonies related to sexual misconduct involving a child under the age of 15. Those charges are related to alleged sexual misconduct that happened at the Camdenton Walmart several years ago in the bathroom and parking lot. DeVore was originally charged in March of 2019 after an incident that allegedly took place in the Camdenton's Oak Ridge Elementary School bathroom. He's also facing multiple civil lawsuits from the incident. It's fire season at the lake. With humidity dropping, homeowners burning leaves and the breeze picking up, make sure to use extra fire safety if you're planning to burn. Mid-County Fire Protection District says that in September, they responded to 202 incidents. Most of those were medical responses, but it kept firefighters busy with an average of 6.7 incidents per day. So be careful with your fire this fall and keep those fire response numbers low for October. Get more Lake of the Ozarks news at lakeexpo.com. Download our free app from the App Store and Google Play. Lakeexpo.com, the lake's trusted news source. Join We the People of Camden County on Thursday, October 21st at the Elks Hall in Osage Beach. Their guest speaker will be St. Louis Attorney Mark McCloskey, who is running for the United States Senate. We the People of Camden County will again ask the candidate to answer their six specific questions, as well as taking questions from those in attendance. Doors open at 5, and the event begins at 6.30. Attorney Mark McCloskey, Thursday, October 21st at the Elks Hall in Osage Beach. Presented by We the People of Camden County. Programming on Key Radio made possible in part through a generous donation from Victoria Station. Misty Atkinson talks about Victoria Station. We carry nautical pictures. People come to the lake and they want to decorate in lake styles, and so we offer ocean and lake type things. We also specialize in lots of holiday themed things from fall and Thanksgiving into Christmas. We have things that you can decorate your home as well as those special things to give as gifts. We are located just off the Case Road exit in Osage Beach, and we're open seven days a week, 9.30 to 5.30. Front Porch Village, too fast, run to the porch, 5K and one mile walk run will be held on October 30th at Lynn Creek Memorial Park. Check-in will be at 8 a.m. and the race run will start at 9 a.m. All proceeds for this event go to Front Porch Village. Front Porch Village is a nonprofit tiny house community that will provide affordable, sustainable, and transitional housing for single parent families in Camdenton. To register or to find out more information, please go to www.tickettaylor.com/events/tree 
1-800-197-MINISTRIES. Hope to see you there. It takes a community to build a village. Key Radio is fortunate to have the support of our local underwriters. They make it possible to bring you our local programming. Thank you to Firefly Valley Farms, Skelton Key and Lock, Victoria Station, Jennings Insurance Group, and Skelton Tactical. You can support local programming by becoming an underwriter or to make your tax-deductible donation, call Key Radio at 573-280-0532. Thank you for supporting Community Radio for the Lake of the Ozarks, 89.3 The Key. Positive programming provided by you on the Lakes Community Radio Station, 89.3, The Key. 806, good morning and thanks for joining us here on The Daily Show as we get ready for another uh, week of great programming. Of course, our interview with Mark McCloskey is coming up here shortly. 47 degrees on a way to a high of 74. We'll drop down to 50 for the overnight low. And that fall weather that I've been harping on is uh, definitely here. 74 the high tomorrow. 72 on Wednesday, 62 on Thursday, 65 the expected high on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Looking good, possibly a little rain on Sunday, but uh, that food truck festival is uh, coming up in uh, in Lorry, coming up on uh, Saturday, and we're actually going to have one of the uh, folks that's going to be uh, a part of that, a big part of that, getting it all together. We'll be talking with her tomorrow on uh, the Daily Show. 47 degrees, looks like a mostly clear sky going to uh, keep things moving along here before we bring Bill Munhausen in with a check of sports. A busy weekend for sports. A big game on Friday night. Goodness gracious, what a great game that the uh, Camdenton Lakers played in Springfield against Glendale. Uh, they uh, were down at one point, 25-7, to able to come back and beat the Glendale Falcons by a score of, are you ready, 26 to 25. Here is Chris Schneider with Lake TV and a check of sports on the key. Thank you, 
KB, good Monday morning to you. What a weekend of sports it was, huh? Chiefs getting a win yesterday as they beat Washington 31-13. They actually trailed at halftime. Good second half, and the Chiefs now back to 500 on the season at 3-3. Three and three. They travel to play Tennessee next Sunday. Arizona still the only undefeated team in the league, 6-0 and after beating up on Cleveland yesterday. That was a very impressive win. And how about the Jaguars? They beat Miami to end their 20-game losing streak. Jacksonville finally has a win. Baseball playoffs, National League Championship Series. The Braves beat the Dodgers 5-4. So Atlanta is up two games to none in the uh, NLCS. Game three will be in L.A. on Tuesday. American Leaguers took yesterday off. The Astros and Red Sox tied at one win apiece in that best-of-seven series. Game three goes tonight. As for high school football, man, what a comeback it was for Camdenton on Friday. They trailed Glendale big and then put together an amazing comeback. They win at 26-25, so they will close out the regular season next week against Rolla, who had a huge night as well last week, upsetting Lebanon, previously undefeated Yellow Jackets. 3-5 and five Osage, beating 1-7 and seven Versailles, 34-24 Friday night. You can see a replay of that game. That was Lake TV's Game of the Week. Uh, next to, or tomorrow night, 7.30 on Lake TV. So be sure to watch that, 7.30 tomorrow night, Lake TV. As for Eldon, they lost in a game that got away from them in the end to Boonville, ranked number four in the state. So Eldon 2-6, and six, they will be at Versailles on Friday night. 3-4 and four, Mizzou falls to Texas A&M over the weekend. They're off this week. The MSU Bears, a winner over Indiana State. They're 4-2. And the hockey season off and running for the Blues. They beat Colorado Saturday. They'll be busy tonight. They'll take on Phoenix. So just a little bit of everything there for you, KB, on this beautiful Monday. Back to you. Thank you, Chris Schneider. Appreciate the update in sports and what a busy week it was uh, and weekend. Definitely lots going on. Kyle Larson won again as far as uh, the NASCAR Cup Series. Uh, A very impressive victory yesterday. And on top of that, I mentioned the uh, Lakers win and, of course, the Chiefs finally getting back to 500 and uh, looking pretty much like the Chiefs used to look, especially in the second half of yesterday's game. Bill Munhausen, how are you this morning, sir? I am good, KB. Glad to be here. Glad to be here. Glad to be here with you as well and uh, glad to have our guest on the phone. This gentleman will be visiting the Lake of the Ozarks coming up this Thursday at the Elks Hall in Osage Beach. He is running for U.S. Senate. He is Mr. Mark McCloskey, and we have him on the phone with us right now. Good morning, sir. Uh, Good morning. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Thank you for joining us and being a part of the program. I I have to ask you, what what initiated a a Senate run for you? What what made you say to yourself, or maybe it was somebody else, uh, that said, uh, Mark, you need to run for, for U.S. Senate. I'm just kind of interested to know that as we begin the interview. Well, you know, it, it really started uh, 14 months or so ago uh, during the, the first attack on our house and uh, crystallized really after the second attack on July the 3rd when, the, uh, amongst other things, uh, the president uh, came to our aid and then we uh, went to work on the Trump campaign. And, uh, you know, for example, in, in Pennsylvania, we were on the Team Trump bus and for a while, my wife Patty and I were the Trump campaign in, in Pennsylvania, um, and we were doing seven rallies a day as surrogates for the president. And uh, 
we just every time we got off the bus and that would be sometimes 12 14 times a day we'd step off and do a presentation in different cities and we just found that the the, the country was was just you know sick and tired of the rhinos sick and tired of the of the status quo and the constant move to the left and the erosion of our civil liberties and and we just got to the point where we realized that that still never thinking about running for office that our lives had changed and that we had dedicated ourselves to working to preserve and pull back our freedoms in this country and then when uh, when Roy Blunt announced that he wasn't going to run for re-election people started to call me and, and and ask me if I was interested and I I still really you know had never been a politician don't even like that term don't ever want to be a politician but uh, you know deciding whether or not to run for office and, and then uh, Patty and I are driving up to the state Lincoln Reagan days up in Kansas City and I look over in the car and say to her is this something we really want to do and she looked <laughs> over and said you know it's not up to us it's already been decided and so that's kind of how it happened well I find it uh, you know we saw what happened and, and I'm, I'm sure people still reference uh, reference that quite a bit about how you were protecting your property when you had the uh, uh, the folks coming through your neighborhood and uh, how that kind of really got the ball rolling but I, I think overall you're, you're pretty uh, you're pretty much beyond that and so now you're focused on wanting to run for US Senate and you know some of the people uh, especially on the uh, same side of the ticket that you're on that are running, the likes of uh, Vicki Hartzler, of course, uh, Eric Schmidt, Eric Greitens, uh, just a few of the uh, uh, the folks that are, that are on there. Of course, you have uh, a number of Democrats and I believe even one independent. But uh, what, is, what is kind of a, uh, the strategy for the McCloskey campaign, uh, trying, to get your, uh, trying to get yourself out there, trying to uh, really uh, turn heads and get people's attention? Well, you know, Everybody wants to run as the uh, uh, America first Donald J. Trump candidate for Senate. I've actually worked for the president. I've actually been on his campaign. Um, we were in the trenches uh, throughout the campaign last year, but I've never been a, a, a candidate for office. I, I'm a total outsider. I've got no obligations to anybody. And I'm a kind of person, you know, it's a slogan of my campaign, but it's been my life. And that is never back down. I've, I'm a person, I want to go up there to D.C., I want to kick some rhino rear end, I want to actually change things, I want to be a voice for the way this country used to be when we actually had a free country, when the government didn't intrude in every aspect of people's lives. And I'm, I'm, I'll be 65 uh, years old when I get elected. I'm probably going to have one term in office. I can't imagine running for Senate again at the age of 72. Um, and I go up there and do what I can for six years to save this country as a senator and then for as long as I've got afterwards again as a private citizen but somebody's got to do it and it's got to be somebody without carrying all that baggage behind you that the average senatorial candidate has 20 years of being a politician or more dragging all that lobbyist interest behind you all the big money interest and having to answer to uh, to people that might want to give you money when you run for re-election I have none of that what I want to do is I want to I want to pull back our freedoms. I want to use that, that line that I quote every time I make a presentation from the Declaration of Independence that to uh, secure these rights, governments are instituted amongst men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed. And it's that consent of the governed that the that the federal government has absolutely forgotten about. And I'm trying to make people remember that this is a government that works for us. The first time in the history of the world 
where our seminal documents were created, not to give the government power over us, but to protect us from the power of government. And people need to wake up and remember that and pull this power back. It must be rather daunting to uh, start from scratch creating a campaign and creating a campaign staff. Uh, how, what kind of challenges do you face there? Well, you know, it, 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 is, it, it is daunting. Well, my campaign staff are our grassroots followers. I mean, if you saw my um, uh, third quarter report, although we did not make as much money as the other folks, we had many, many times more uh, individual donors. I think we had 23,000 individual donators for, uh, donations from 15,000, no, 16,004 individual donors, much more than anybody else. So my campaign staff are the people of Missouri, and, uh, and that's the way I want it to be. I, I, uh, I have this kind of odd concept that if I'm going to represent the people of Missouri, I should get out there and talk to them and see what they want, and most importantly, what they don't want, which is more government. And so we're hitting every, every venue we can to speak to as many people as possible, and more importantly, listen to as many people as possible. Yeah, I, I've tried uh, contacting people and, uh, you know, senators and representatives, and it's that in itself is very difficult because you just get in touch with their staff and they have canned answers for you. How do you keep the lines of communication open with the, the grassroots? Well, you know, my, my uh, campaign push cards, my business cards, my, and we also hand out these signed photographs, they all have uh, my personal cell phone number on them. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I, I don't have a filter between me and, and uh, my supporters. I am out there directly available. Um, my, my office answers the phone and um, puts the calls directly through to me. And uh, like I say, my personal cell phone number on every piece of literature I hand out. Let me ask you about um, some of the issues that you consider to be important uh, as far as, you know, we talk about liberty, we talk about freedom. And uh, you hear a lot of people throw those words around. But uh, as far as uh, if you were elected by the citizens uh, of the state of Missouri to represent us in the United States Senate, what are some of the issues that uh, are, are, are really important to you, some things that you would like to really work on getting done if indeed you became uh, the senator from uh, the state of Missouri? Well, I think that if you were to ask me what I think the greatest threat to the United States is externally, it's China. I believe that the threat from China militarily and economically is the greatest threat to the continuation of the United States as being the, uh, the world's dominant power. And I start with every question is, how does this benefit the people of the United States? How does this benefit the people of Missouri? And no one, to my knowledge, in D.C. Is, is, is approaching China from that perspective. And when they, uh, when they challenge Taiwan, when they challenge the South China Sea militarily, and, and we just kind of acquiesce in it. When uh, our economy is dependent upon Chinese imports, when vital material, including medicine and technology, is exclusively coming from China, when you have an exclusive source of vital necessities for our civilization coming from a hostile government which daily proclaims its desire to dominate us and destroy us, that's a very, very bad situation. For as far as externally, I think that's the first thing that I would modify is our relationship with China and make it a, a, a relationship where even if it costs a little more, even if it costs a little bit more for what you buy at Walmart, we have to protect the future of America, the future of American manufacturing, and the future of American security by, by changing our relationship 
uh, with uh, the you know the CCP. Internally, I think the greatest threat to America is this uh, this critical race theory and this hate yourself, divide and conquer philosophy that has spread through the country like wildfire and being promoted by the left, the media, entertainment, and big tech everywhere. And our country cannot survive the uh, the destruction of our heritage, this cancer that's, that's eating us alive from the inside out. Let's talk a little bit about these uh, COVID mandates that we're seeing popping up all over the country, costing people their jobs. Um, you know, there's, uh, I, I believe the uh, Chicago uh, Police Department has a, uh, has a requirement and a deadline for their officers to be vaccinated, and if they do not get vaccinated, their employment will be terminated. Uh, we already have a, a, a pretty big issue with uh, police officers retiring early, resigning, quitting because of the, uh, of the situation regarding defunding the police and, and how uh, police officers are being targeted and treated. Let's talk a little bit about these mandates and uh, the need to uh, uh, get them out of the way so people can uh, live their lives as they normally would and not to uh, not to have to have them make a choice between uh, do I get vaccinated so I can keep my job or if I don't get vaccinated what type of employment uh, can I find based on my age and experience well let's let's back up and, and talk about what these mandates really mean what the mandates mean is this government particularly the, this White House whoever is actually pulling the strings up there um, is willing to kill people to enforce power over the public by causing hundreds of thousands of people to be forced out of the military, tens of thousands of people to be forced out of health care, thousands of people to be forced out of law enforcement for no purpose other than to enforce mandates over the people of this country, which will result in the deaths of people. If you don't have the police, people are going to die. If you don't have the health care workers, people are going to die. If you don't have the soldiers and airmen and Marines and sailors, you don't have a secure country. But this government is willing to say it's more important to exert control over people than it is to save lives, and they're really willing to let people die in order to enforce their mandates. I've been advocating since, well, since the healthcare industries in Missouri started to mandate vaccinations back last summer. What people need to do, we need to have some organized civil disobedience where the people that are vaccinated and the unvaccinated need to band together and just step back, walk out, and say we will not be controlled by the federal government. We, would, we will step together. We will form a, a coalition of people who put freedom above this week's income and step back and say, no, we will not cooperate. Same thing with school districts. Same thing with the military. Same thing with the police. Just need to step back and say we're going to bind together and refuse to comply until this government recognizes that freedom is part of their basic makeup here and we will not become a centralized socialist country. We've talked uh, a lot about uh, government and the power that government possesses, but in, uh, in, in looking at this uh, big picture here, Mark, um, it, it seems as though government has grown uh, entirely too big. We're, we're, we've got way too much government. So. Any thoughts on how to whittle government down to make it a more 
uh, or less invasive uh, uh, government and make it something that uh, is more manageable, uh, you know, getting rid of some of these groups like maybe the EPA, uh, what do you do with the IRS and, and, and some of these agencies that uh, have, uh, have duplicate powers. I mean, uh, we, we've talked about trying to control the size of government. Is that something that uh, you feel like is uh, uh, still doable? Well, you know, it's going to, I think it's necessary for there to be an axe taken to a wide variety of governmental entities. You've got the CDC, for example, Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, that is dictating real estate policy in this country, saying whether or not you can uh, evict your tenants when they don't pay. That's, there's absolutely no justification for the CDC issuing such mandates. It's, it's totally beyond their power, yet no one is reeling it back in. One of the themes that I've been focusing on for the last several months is where the heck is the outrage? When this government ignores the Constitution, when this government way oversteps its power, when the President of the United States says this isn't about personal liberty, when the President of the United States says, for example, I know what I'm doing is illegal, I know it's unconstitutional, but I'm going to do it anyway. When the Supreme Court rules on the Remain in Mexico policy, but this government says, we don't care, we're going to continue the open border anyway. What happens when the federal government ignores the Supreme Court? That's the end of our, of our checks and balances. That's the end of a free country. And where the heck is the outrage? How come there aren't 50 Republican senators standing on the steps of the Capitol building each time this president issues some kind of unconstitutional mandate? Why aren't they out there screaming in the megaphones, this is the end of our country if we permit this to happen. That's why, that's why there has to be a, 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 a total change in D.C. That's why the swamp needs to be drained. That's why the rhinos need to be put out to pasture. And that's why we need uh, some new ideas and people that aren't afraid to make a stand to go to D.C. Well, the pandemic is, is kind of like the perfect storm, isn't it? Because uh, all of a sudden government is being the way it is because of a health concern and people are concerned about their health so I, and, I, and, and it, our government has spent decades both parties mm -hmm. teaching us trying to brainwash the american people into thinking that that safety is more important than freedom and that your individual health is more important than anything and i always figured and i say this every time i always figured that at some point in our lifetimes fema would create some kind of faux emergency and put us all under martial law and say, you have to stay home, you can't go to work, shelter in place, you can't go to school, you can't go to church, you can't go even see your own parents pass away in the nursing home. But I figured they'd have to have a gun to our head to make us comply. Mm -hmm. But then COVID, right? right? I call it the final exam on American freedom. The government just asked us to do all those things and almost everybody complied. How much more proof would the government need that we've been completely turned into sheep and yeah. the fact that the government would say these things and there, there weren't riots there weren't mass demonstrations in the street there wasn't civil unrest everybody just laid down and said okay mr government whatever you want we will do even if it costs us our livelihood our savings our businesses and you walk around you, you, you travel throughout this country today and all you see is boarded up businesses closed down businesses and now empty shelves i mean this in nine short months from having the strongest economy in the history of the country, we're in a third world nation. Let me ask you, uh, I know we're kind of up against the clock on time with you, and 
Um, we, we talk about the here and now, but let's talk about the future, uh, in particular education. Uh, recently, Merrick Garland, the U.S. Attorney General, sent out a letter uh, saying that we, we all need to uh, you know calm down a little bit. Uh, parents need to take it easy when they go to school board meetings so that uh, uh, there's no altercations or any problems or any issues. And uh, how we're going to do that is uh, we're going to use the FBI and, uh, and, and implement the FBI to uh, you know take care of any issues or any problems at school board meetings. Well, I know for a fact that school board uh, officials are elected, so if you have a problem with them, you should be able to address them, and uh, you should be able to address them anyway based on your uh, your First Amendment rights. So uh, it, it looks like now uh, some parents are going to be uh, tagged as domestic terrorists if they confront their school boards, their superintendents, their administrators. The U.S. Department of Education uh, and the person who heads that up has said that parents need to have less of a role in their child's education. There's a uh, governor's race going on in Virginia where the Democratic candidate said that uh, parents should have absolutely no role in their child's education. Uh, if we're going to talk about uh, the kids and the future and parents, uh, what are some of your thoughts on education and uh, the way things need to be handled? And, and we can't forget that Merrick Garland's son-in-law sells uh, critical race theory propaganda. Yes, he does. He certainly does. And yeah, it, it, he and uh, his, his daughter married that guy, uh, this uh, Alexander Tanner, back in 2018. Yeah. Well, here's the thing, right? Every totalitarian government wants the only parent to be the state. Separating kids from their parents, separating uh, the kids from family, turning the, the, the state into the only source of information, let's call it propaganda, that the, that the kids hear is the ultimate goal of, of every totalitarian government from the Hitler Youth to the present. And that's, that's, of course, what all this is about. And to call parents complaining about critical race theory, complaining about mask mandates, when everybody in the world knows that masks are completely uh, irrelevant, completely worthless as far as disease control, to call them terrorists. And to have the government now declare, the president called 80 million of us um, the enemy. Uh, and this is a president who three months ago said, if you think the Second Amendment is going to protect you against the government, you're going to need some F-15s and some nukes. <laughs> I mean, this is, a, this, this is a president of the United States that has declared war on everybody that voted against him. Well, I guess the, uh, the key here is to uh, find the folks that are going to uh, try to get all of these uh, various issues taken care of. And I know that uh, you'll be joining us here very soon. In, uh, in about four days, you'll be here in uh, Osage Beach at the uh, Elks Hall. And uh, we're looking forward to having you coming in and uh, uh, passing along some more of the information. Of course, uh, you've already answered uh, the six uh, specific questions from uh, We the People of Camden County. And we'll probably uh, uh, have you uh, talk a little bit more in depth about those uh, questions when you uh, come in. Plus, then you'll be taking questions from the audience as well. Uh, we appreciate you taking time to join us this morning, uh, Mark. And uh, good luck in the uh, future as you uh, continue to uh, put the word out about uh, yourself and uh, your platform as you uh, run for uh, candidate for U.S. Senate. Uh, so thanks again for your time, sir. And we look forward to seeing you on uh, the 21st. Uh, thank you, and I look forward to being there. Very good. That is Mr. Mark McCloskey, and he is uh, going to be joining us here uh, very shortly. Uh, but I tell you what, 
Bill, uh, any things that uh, really kind of stuck out in your mind as uh, he was uh, giving us the the thoughts and and various things on his platform and the like? So far, of everybody I've listened to, he's the most passionate. So, uh, and passion will will do a, will work well for him because that's basically what Donald Trump did. He was he was passionate about things, and not necessarily perfect messaging, but uh, honest and straightforward. So, I kind of like that. Well, we'll see. And he said uh, he said he does not not like to be referred to or is not a politician. A politician, yeah, that is a nasty term, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, that is kind of interesting. Maybe a statesman or a public servant would be better. Right. Right. Well, we've got information coming up here at the bottom of the hour. I need to do one thing while we're sitting here talking, and that is uh, I did record uh, some of the interview here, a a good portion of it anyway, and I just wanted to make sure that uh, we had it available, so I'm going to save this uh, here real quick. And so... Along with the uh, entire daily show, for that matter. So we'll have right. we'll have a separate recording of the interview. Plus, the it'll be part of the daily show that we'll replay at four o'clock and midnight. Uh, gee, I wonder how many people listen to the daily show at midnight. That's kind of an interesting concept. We had to originally it was called the morning show, and then we realized we couldn't call it the morning show because that four p.m. thing. So right. we got more generic about it. So anyhow, uh, that. Um, in-person uh, presentation by uh, Mark McCloskey will be this coming Thursday, which, uh, what is the date, Jenny? What 21st. The 21st. And that starts at 6? We're going to have we're going to have her on here uh, following our news break at the bottom of the hour. We're going to talk specifically uh, about this interview. So we uh, definitely look forward to uh, Jenny joining us this morning, yeah. back from her uh, her trip to Herman, Missouri. Yeah, and she's got her neat uh, sweatshirt on today. I'm not exactly sure what the sweatshirt means. I'm sure she'll tell us all about it. All right. Well, we do have our information block all set and ready to go. Excuse me. Stacy Johnson joining us from lakeexpo.com, your trusted news source at the lake. We'll also update you on the weather forecast. And as well, we'll hear from Chris Schneider with a check for sports. It's all coming up on the key. I'm Stacy Johnson, and this is your Lake Expo News Cut for Monday, October 18th. Take a deeper dive at lakeexpo.com. Millstone Marina, the oldest and largest operating marina on the Lake of the Ozarks, has just been sold. A Florida-based investment group, Southern Marinas Holding Two, announced the purchase last week. They stated in a press release that Millstone was the perfect addition to Southern Marina's rapidly growing portfolio. A Camdenton school janitor is facing more charges as after authorities say he exposed himself in a school bathroom. Jesse DeVore has been charged with six more felonies related to sexual misconduct involving a child under the age of 15. Those charges are related to alleged sexual misconduct that happened at the Camdenton Walmart several years ago in the bathroom and parking lot. DeVore was originally charged in March of 2019 after an incident that allegedly 
allegedly took place in the Camdenton's Oak Ridge Elementary School bathroom. He's also facing multiple civil lawsuits from the incident. It's fire season at the lake. With humidity dropping, homeowners burning leaves and the breeze picking up, make sure to use extra fire safety if you're planning to burn. Mid-County Fire Protection District says that in September, they responded to 202 incidents. Most of those were medical responses, but it kept firefighters busy with an average of 6.7 incidents per day. So be careful with your fire this fall and keep those fire response numbers low for October. Get more Lake of the Ozarks news at lakeexpo.com. Download our free app from the App Store and Google Play. Lakeexpo.com, the lake's trusted news source. Join We the People of Camden County on Thursday, October 21st at the Elks Hall in Osage Beach. Their guest speaker will be St. Louis Attorney Mark McCloskey, who is running for the United States Senate. We the People of Camden County will again ask the candidate to answer their six specific questions, as well as taking questions from those in attendance. Doors open at 5, and the event begins at 6.30. Attorney Mark McCloskey, Thursday, October 21st at the Elks Hall in Osage Beach. Presented by We the People of Camden County. Front Porch Village, Too Fast, Run to the Porch, 5K and One Mile Walk Run will be held on October 30th at Lynn Creek Memorial Park. Check-in will be at 8 a.m. and the race run will start at 9 a.m. All proceeds for this event go to Front Porch Village. Front Porch Village is a non-profit tiny house community that will provide affordable, sustainable, and transitional housing for single-parent families in Camdenton. To register or to find out more information, please go to www.tickettaylor.com slash events slash tree 197 ministries. Hope to see you there. It takes a community to build a village. The goal of Key Radio is to offer the community an opportunity to share information and to express their ideas and opinions. Key Radio presents a platform for all types of information. We encourage interested content providers to create podcasts that explain the finer points of business, family issues, arts and entertainment, religion, government, and more. Key Radio is also looking for unique and one-of-a-kind podcasts as well. Key Radio is based on positive and productive podcasts that encourage and inspire our listeners to become engaged in their community. For more information on becoming a content provider, call 573-280-0532 or go to keygatheringplace.com slash keyradio. You're listening to 89.3 The Key. The Artichoke Heart is about peeling back the layers and getting to the heart of what really matters in life, parenting, faith, and wellness. You will find purposeful parenting topics, inspirational family stories, homeschool tips, book and game reviews, recipe and wellness posts, and so much more. Our three hosts are Ruth Harris, Maggie Butterfield, and Gretchen Peters. They can't wait to connect with you and share their hearts. Listen to The Artichoke Heart Wednesdays and Sundays at 6 a.m., 2 p.m. and 10 p.m. on Key Radio 89.3 FM.
programming on Key Radio made possible in part through a generous donation from Victoria Station. Misty Atkinson talks about Victoria Station. We carry nautical, contemporary, and traditional type themes in our store in general, but we go into lots of different categories. When you come to Victoria Station, we want you to feel like you've escaped from the world. We want you to come and enjoy the sights, the sounds, the smells, and find that something special to introduce that into your own home. We are located just off the Case Road exit in Osage Beach, and we're open seven days a week, 9.30 to 5.30. Key Radio is financially supported in part by generous giving from Firefly Valley Farms, coffee roasters and beverage solutions. Firefly Valley Farms believes coffee is a big deal. It's their passion. They owned a coffee shop for 11 years and have been roasting coffee since 2006. When you order coffee, they freshly roast it and ship it directly to your home or office and you enjoy. Nothing compares to coffee this fresh. Firefly Valley Farms also takes pride in supporting growers that utilize ethical and sustainable processing practices. In addition to coffee, they have a family-owned and operated fruit orchard nestled at the bottom of Hudson Hollow on the banks of the Little Niagara River in Roach, Missouri. Firefly Valley Farms protects our land, rivers, our bees, and our bodies by using only organic pest management. Learn more online at fireflyvalleyfarms.com. We're happy to be the Lake Sounding Board. Community radio for the Lake of the Ozarks. It's 89.3, the key. Hey, it's 840, thanks, and welcome back to the Daily Show. We are uh, happy to have had the opportunity to speak with Mark McCloskey this morning, and uh, he seems uh, fired up and ready to go for his visit to the uh, area. And we're going to talk with Jenny Brinkman here momentarily about that. We're at 48 degrees now. 48 degrees, a mostly clear sky coming off a beautiful weekend. Just a marvelous weekend here at the Lake of the Ozarks. I hope you had some time to get out and enjoy it. Maybe uh, you came over and saw us at the uh, chili cook-off at the Camdenton City Park. We had a nice time there. Uh, Lots of chili. Lots and lots of chili. And as judge, you know, you really can't sit down and enjoy a hearty bowl of chili like you normally would. You get to uh, sample all of them. And so we had some really good chili cookers that came out and participated in the event. Thanks to Larry Bennett, the city of Camdenton. 74 the high today, low tonight of around 50, back up to 74 tomorrow. 72 on Wednesday, 62 the high on Thursday, 65 on Friday, 64 Saturday. And uh, with a slight chance of some uh, showers in the forecast, we're looking for a high of 62 on Sunday. So beautiful fall weather. Call your friends, call your neighbors, invite them down to uh, check out all the beauty that is the Lake of the Ozarks. Lots of that uh, being shown off uh, this weekend. We not only had a chili cook-off, we had wood carvers in Camdenton. And then uh, yesterday just kind of hung out and let uh, let my wife make her uh, her famous Pasole Verde, which uh, makes any home smell wonderful when you walk in the door and you hit that aroma and it just, uh, it just brightens your day because you know that uh, you're going to have something good in your stomach uh, that night when uh, the dinner bell goes off, or I'm sorry, yes, the supper bell, Bill Mulder. 8.42 is our time. Chris Schneider is standing by with uh, sports here on The Key. Thank you, 
KB, good Monday morning to you. What a weekend of sports it was, huh? Chiefs getting a win yesterday as they beat Washington 31-13. They actually trailed at halftime. Good second half, and the Chiefs now back to 500 on the season at 3-3. Three and three. They travel to play Tennessee next Sunday. Arizona still the only undefeated team in the league, 6-0 and after beating up on Cleveland yesterday. That was a very impressive win. And how about the Jaguars? They beat Miami to end their 20-game losing streak. Jacksonville finally has a win. Baseball playoffs, National League Championship Series. The Braves beat the Dodgers 5-4. So Atlanta is up two games to none in the uh, NLCS. Game 3 will be in L.A. on Tuesday. American Leaguers took yesterday off. The Astros and Red Sox tied at one win apiece in that best-of-seven series. Game 3 goes tonight. As for high school football, man, what a comeback it was for Camdenton on Friday. They trailed Glendale big and then put together an amazing comeback. They win at 26-25, so they will close out the regular season next week against Rolla, who had a huge night as well last week, upsetting Lebanon, previously undefeated Yellow Jackets. 3-5 and five Osage, beating 1-7 and seven Versailles, 34-24 Friday night. You can see a replay of that game. That was Lake TV's Game of the Week uh, next to, or tomorrow night, 7.30 on Lake TV. So be sure to watch that, 7.30 tomorrow night, Lake TV. As for Eldon, they lost in a game that got away from them in the end to Boonville, ranked number four in the state. So Eldon 2-6, and six, they will be at Versailles on Friday night. 3-4 and four, Mizzou falls to Texas A&M over the weekend. They're off this week. The MSU Bears, a winner over Indiana State, they're 4-2. And the hockey season off and running for the Blues. They beat Colorado Saturday. They'll be busy tonight. They'll take on Phoenix. So just a little bit of everything there for you, KB, on this beautiful Monday. Back to you. All right. Thank you, Chris Schneider. We are at 844 and a busy week. I was just sitting here talking about some of the guests we're going to be having on this week, including Bill Mulder. Uh, Ike Skelton, John Beckett, uh, we'll have uh, Les Larson from the Republican Club here locally in to talk about uh, an event they've got going on as well as um, election integrity, which uh, seems to be in question, especially after this last presidential election. Jenny Brinkman's joining us with uh, We the People of Camden County. Good to see you again. Good morning. Good to have you back with us and uh, excited to have the opportunity to meet Mark McCloskey in person. Yeah, i really looking forward to Thursday. I love his sincerity. Right. You know, we the, we the people of Camden County won't necessarily choose any candidate in any race, but mm-hmm. some we may and some we may not. Uh, these senatorial events have, have been very good exposure for us, kind of a, a membership drive kind of thing to let people uh, uh, see where we are in promoting participation in public right. affairs. Right. But... I got to tell you, that interview was great, by the way. Thank and, you. And, and he just, I, I believe him. There was nothing canned about any of that. Well, he's really never kind of ventured down this trail before. This is all new uh, territory for him. Uh, I'm sure he's, he said he's worked on the Trump campaign. So he's had the opportunity to see people in these positions, senators, representatives, presidents, uh, in these positions, but he himself has never been in that position. So uh, maybe there's a little bit of guarded optimism there 
that uh, he is going to be as genuine as he seems to be in uh, in his interviews. Yeah, and it definitely comes across. Um, I'll also mention that he is the only one of the candidates so far who's responded in writing to our questions, mm -hmm. and we'll have a nice follow-up to the Thursday evening event with uh, his written answers in the next in the next uh, issue of the Watchdog right. coming in early November. Well, that will definitely be good to uh, good to know, and, and we have we have the responses here, and nothing real lengthy. And I think you know, uh, I'm sure he's a busy man. And uh, however, uh, he did take the time to answer the questions, and to get some responses uh, back to you. And as you mentioned, they'll be in the watchdog. But I'm interested to see because he he kind of reminds me somewhat of a P.T. Barnum. You know, he's. He comes in like he's larger than life. Um, and, and again, I think a large part of this is due to the fact that he's never run for political office. So he can pretty much do whatever he wants to do, however he wants to do it. And uh, then it's up to the voters to determine whether or not they think he is the right person for the job. Yes, I think he's, he's uh, speaking his mind. Uh, and regardless of the outcome of the election, I believe he'll continue to do that. A, a lot of people of a certain age, like me, uh, have just made that decision that whatever time we have left, we're gonna we're gonna fight for our grandkids, mm -hmm. and and that's kind of the mentality. I think one important thing about Mr. McCloskey is, like Donald Trump, he doesn't need money. He's got his own, and therefore he is less subject to. <coughs> the uh, uh, money from others, influence from others, favors being asked in return for donations. And uh, uh, I think we learned with, with President Trump that that's a very valuable thing, mm -hmm. that to, to be in office and not be beholden to any other powers so that you can execute your policies the way you put them forth. I think it's important to, uh, to realize and understand that, uh, you know, if you're going to do this, you are obviously going to get people who are going to try to influence you from all different sides. And uh, that's, uh, that pretty much just goes without saying. But you bring up a good point that, you know, he's got deep pockets and uh, he will more than likely be able to fund a majority of his campaign. But I wonder if there aren't people out there that kind of want to jump on the Mark McCloskey bandwagon and and see if they couldn't help him out a little bit and uh, how willing he would be to take their support and whether or not, you know, they would then expect something from him down the line. Yeah. Well, there's there's always that possibility, right? I, I will tell you that I, I spoke with his uh, campaign manager over the months, you know, leading up to this when I was uh, seeking these candidates to come in, but in the, in several times uh, he takes my call directly. And in the, in the last couple of weeks, we've talked, and he was really interested in our questions and what we wanted to talk about. Mm -hmm. And we haven't seen that before, and we're very uh, grateful for it and, and are happy to host this event on Thursday evening. Hope a lot of folks come out to the Elks Hall. Uh, like before, the doors will open at 5, and the event starts at 6.30. And it's going to be a lot of fun, I think. Well, you know, um, he says, well, now I, I want to stay in touch with my, and my constituents, my, you know, the people that contact me for, for whatever reason, and I give them my personal cell number. 
I wonder how long that's going to last because at some point I think he's probably going to have to do something a little different because you know let's say for example he gets he gets elected and uh, you know people are calling him left and right about issues every day then when does he have time to actually get any work done if he's spending most of his time on the phone so we'll uh, I guess we'll see how long that lasts yeah, no doubt. There will at some point have to be a staffer that's taking those messages and, and responding accordingly. Uh, but I still think that's better than the every response to every letter is a plea for a donation. Mm -hmm. And that's what I see from some of the more uh, the retail politicians is, is what I call them, even those in office now. The retail politicians. Yes. Yeah, what, what I see is most of the responses are deflection. You'll ask a question of, of one of the people, and they'll send you a canned response back that kind of addresses it, but really kind of push, pushes it aside. Yes, the famous pivot. Yeah. Right? Right. That let, me let me better define your question yeah. instead of telling you how I feel about it. Yeah, I, I remember asking somebody, you know, how, how you can justify supporting new programs in Washington, D.C. when there's so much debt. Welcome, host. You are now in the host room. And Sorry about manage that. Manage your callers yeah. from the call-in studio web interface. And, and they wrote back a canned response about how they were supporters of a balanced budget, which really didn't mean anything since that was never even voted on. Right. Yeah. It's a trained politician versus a, a a candidate that cares. You know, and how effective you can be with that lack of experience once you get there. I don't know, but I think President Trump showed us a pretty good example of, oh, yeah. of if you throw the, the book out the window and do what you believe in, good things can happen. Yeah, but you'll also be attacked by everybody in the world. <laughs> yeah, well, we yeah. live in that world now, right? Because yeah. we're conservatives, so we are attacked by everyone in the world. And Our phone lines are open at 573-633-5395 uh, as... Uh, uh, we are sitting here with uh, Jenny Brinkman from We the People of Camden County. And maybe you'd like to chime in and uh, give your thoughts on uh, what you heard this morning with Mark McCloskey, our uh, interview. And uh, Jenny, thanks for uh, helping to, uh, to make that happen. We certainly appreciate it. But if you are, uh, are, are out there listening and you'd like to uh, chime in here this morning, again, feel free to give us a call. And what is that number again? That number again is 573-633-5395 or 633-KEYK. Yeah. Uh, the call letters. All right. We try to do stuff like that just to <laughs> make it easy for people. Uh, but, uh, yeah, if you'd like to chime in, feel free to do it. Our phone lines are open and up and running. Top of the hour, we will hit you up with some local news, a... Uh, an opportunity to find out what's been going on over the weekend. And, and I don't think most people, I heard Stacy mention, you know, now that the weather is the way it is and uh, it's time to start raking leaves and people love to burn those leaves. I don't think I smelled any burning going on this weekend. I don't know. You probably have to ask your local fire protection districts if they responded to any calls of people burning and that burning getting out of control. But uh, I don't think anybody burned this weekend. It was just too nice mm -hmm. to not to uh, to go out and do something or just find some place to uh, uh, enjoy this uh, beautiful fall weather. Um, my sister, her birthday was yesterday. She turned the big 5-0, and she, uh, she and her family went uh, out to a place we used to go when we were kids and have a nice picnic lunch by the river. So that uh, 
that worked out uh, rather nicely for her. But uh, again, folks, uh, something on your mind. If you want to uh, talk about uh, the interview you heard with Mark or you want to talk about something else, again, feel free, 573-633-5395, 633-KEYK, to give us a call. 854, man, oh man, just a lot of good stuff going on. And uh, so what, what's what been cooking, uh, Jenny, with the uh, uh, We the People Camden County organization? Uh, since we talked with you last, uh, what are some of the things that you folks are working on at this point? Well, the most wonderful thing is that more people are showing up at our meetings. We're, awesome. we're growing and, and the enthusiasm is, is building uh, for this promotion of citizens participating in public affairs. More people are going to the commissioner meetings. More people are paying attention to the central committee and, mm. and just wonderful things. Uh, on Monday, the 25th, we have a meeting here at the Key Gathering Place, uh, 6.30 start, and we're going to have a couple candidates in. Uh, Ike Skelton's going to be speaking that evening, and uh, Matt Burns, who's running for Camdenton School Board, will be addressing at, at that meeting. And uh, our last meeting was about getting a lot of business done, and the team came together, and, and we kind of got, here's what the new logo is going to look like, because we have the watchdog, mm -hmm. but we didn't have a dog. Right. So now we have a dog. Yes. And, and uh, we'll have to be getting that logo out to go with our beautiful Liberty Bell logo. And uh, then uh, uh, next month on November 8th, Sarah Walsh is going to come and visit with us. Um, our philosophy is kind of not to make, uh, as a group, decisions about candidates, but to bring candidates in mm -hmm. to learn more about them. I mean, just look at the, at the comparison uh, between the Eric Schmidt event and the Mark McClowski event. They are unfolding in completely different ways. Well, different people have different opinions mm -hmm. about what they want to see. Some like the more polished, some like the, the, the more uh, 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 heartfelt or bombastic, however you want to put that. And uh, we just think people need to look these folks in the eye, get our questions answered, and see what they, what they have to say. We haven't talked as a group about burdening uh, the local candidates with our questions, but we may do that because I think it does uh, say a lot to how a person responds to them, maybe not so much their ideas about the particular issue, mm -hmm. but are they willing to speak? Are they willing to join in the fight with us and for us? To, to create a, a new uh, generation of politicians who think about individual freedoms first. Ike Skelton, as you mentioned, is running. Chris Franken has also thrown his hat into the arena to run for, I believe, presiding commissioner. And, uh, of course, you've got the uh, current commissioner, Greg Hasty, who we have invited on this program, and I know he's uh, in the past made uh, some appearances on another local radio station, and when I reached out to him about being on uh, the program, he said it's nothing personal, but they were riding the wave of this uh, great economy that we uh, are, are enjoying right now. So I understand that. So maybe there's another opportunity to reach out to Greg and see if we could get him on the program. I know uh, in the uh, weeks to come, we're going to get Chris Franken on. He's already uh, asked to come on and uh, be able to have the opportunity to address uh, some of the issues. And of course, uh, as most folks know, Chris Franken has been the presiding commissioner of Camden County before. 
Yeah, I wasn't here then. I don't know, Mr. Franken. When you talk to him, I would love yeah. to have him come speak with with our group. Uh, Commissioner Hasty uh, has a, a very specific agenda that that he seems to be pursuing, which is fine. Uh, that's his choice. Uh, we uh, uh, are active. We try to help people get active about communicating with the commissioners, mm -hmm. and uh, I. I've, feel like he welcomes that. I was very happy to hear that they were going, the county was going to take on the task of videotaping the commissioner meetings and putting that out. I think that's a huge step in the, in the right direction. Right. You know, there's obviously tension in that room that I, I would like to see commissioner hasty, uh, do more to, uh, make it a, a completely adult, relationship mm -hmm. across the across the desk of the commissioners and and i think that's something that he's had an opportunity to to step up to that uh, perhaps he needs to reconsider looking at that he does uh, speak well on the radio i hope he comes and talks with you because he because he should we're all in this together well we certainly are and i uh, tell you what uh, if you want to hang out with us you can do that uh, jenny and uh, we're going to jump into the top of the hour break where we do have uh, local news. Stacy Johnson from LakeExpo.com, your trusted news source. We'll update the weather forecast. Going to be uh, not a bad day at all. High about 74 degrees before it's all said and done. We'll uh, touch on uh, today and uh, look ahead. Plus Chris Schneider from Lake TV with a check of sports. It's all coming up on Key Radio 89.3. Also heard online at keyradio.live broadcasting live from the key gathering place on south business <coughs> excuse me south business five in camdenton content provided by the people right here on 89.3 keyk osage beach missouri Stacy Johnson, and this is your Lake Expo News Cut for Monday, October 18th. Take a deeper dive at lakeexpo.com. Millstone Marina, the oldest and largest operating marina on the Lake of the Ozarks, has just been sold. A Florida-based investment group, Southern Marinas Holding 2, announced the purchase last week. They stated in a press release that Millstone was the perfect addition to Southern Marina's rapidly growing portfolio. A Camdenton school janitor is facing more charges as after authorities say he exposed himself in a school bathroom. Jesse DeVore has been charged with six more felonies related to sexual misconduct involving a child under the age of 15. Those charges are related to alleged sexual misconduct that happened at the Camdenton Walmart several years ago in the bathroom and parking lot. DeVore was originally charged in March of 2019 after an incident that allegedly took place in the Camdenton's Oak Ridge Elementary School bathroom. He's also facing multiple civil lawsuits from the incident. It's fire season at the lake. With humidity dropping, homeowners burning leaves and the breeze picking up, make sure to use extra fire safety if you're planning to burn. Mid-County Fire Protection District says that in September, they responded to 202 incidents. Most of those were medical responses, but it kept firefighters busy with an average of 6.7 
seven incidents per day. So be careful with your fire this fall and keep those fire response numbers low for October. Get more Lake of the Ozarks news at lakeexpo.com. Download our free app from the App Store and Google Play. Lakeexpo.com, the lake's trusted news source. Join We the People of Camden County on Thursday, October 21st at the Elks Hall in Osage Beach. Their guest speaker will be St. Louis Attorney Mark McCloskey, who is running for the United States Senate. We the People of Camden County will again ask the candidate to answer their six specific questions, as well as taking questions from those in attendance. Doors open at 5, and the event begins at 6.30. Attorney Mark McCloskey, Thursday, October 21st at the Elks Hall in Osage Beach. Presented by We the People of Camden County. Programming on Key Radio made possible in part through a generous donation from Victoria Station. Misty Atkinson talks about Victoria Station. We carry nautical pictures. People come to the lake and they want to decorate in lake styles, and so we offer ocean and lake type things. We also specialize in lots of holiday themed things from fall and Thanksgiving into Christmas. We have things that you can decorate your home as well as those special things to give as gifts. We are located just off the Case Road exit in Osage Beach, and we're open seven days a week, 9.30 to 5.30. Front Porch Village, Too Fast, Run to the Porch, 5K and One Mile Walk Run, will be held on October 30th at Lynn Creek Memorial Park. Check-in will be at 8 a.m., and the race run will start at 9 a.m., All proceeds for this event go to Front Porch Village. Front Porch Village is a non-profit tiny house community that will provide affordable, sustainable, and transitional housing for single-parent families in Camdenton. To register or to find out more information, please go to www.tickettaylor.com slash events slash tree 197 ministries. Hope to see you there. It takes a community to build a village. Key Radio is fortunate to have the support of our local underwriters. They make it possible to bring you our local programming. Thank you to Firefly Valley Farms, Skelton Key and Lock, Victoria Station, Jennings Insurance Group, and Skelton Tactical. You can support local programming by becoming an underwriter or to make your tax-deductible donation, call Key Radio at 573-280-0532. Thank you for supporting Community Radio for the Lake of the Ozarks, 89.3 The Key.
positive programming provided by you on the Lakes Community Radio Station, 89.3, The Key. Hey, we're back at 906 with The Daily Show. Thanks to you for joining us. And again, if you would uh, like to chime in this morning, feel free to do so. Phone lines open at 573-633-5395. 74, the expected high today, a low tonight of around 50. Looks like another beautiful fall day at the lake and a great week as far as things are shaping up here. 74 tomorrow, 72 Wednesday, 62 the high on Thursday. Friday's high of around 65. And then uh, Saturday and Sunday, 64 for the high on Saturday, 62 for the high on Sunday. Partly cloudy each day, maybe even a little bit of rain possible. Best chance for rain looks to be uh, about a 40, 45% chance on Sunday. So maybe we'll get a little bit more rain, but between now and then, I think I'll get my yard taken care of as best I possibly can. Clear sky, clear sky and 48 degrees as we are getting ready to uh, play a little sports. Here from our buddy Chris Schneider from Lake TV. As I said, great weekend of uh, professional football, high school football. I don't follow college sports much at all, and I don't really know why that is. I'm um, I'm a little, uh, I guess I have to watch the... uh, uh, college basketball when the uh, tournament's going on in March, March Madness. But other than that, I really just don't follow college sports much at all. 9.07, but uh, Chris Schneider does, and he has uh, a check of sports for us right here, right now on the <laughs> Good Monday morning to you. What a weekend of sports it was, huh? Chiefs getting a win yesterday as they beat Washington 31-13. They actually trailed at halftime. Good second half, and the Chiefs now back to 500 on the season at 3-3. They travel to play Tennessee next Sunday. Arizona still the only undefeated team in the league. 6-0 after beating up on Cleveland yesterday. That was a very impressive win. And how about the Jaguars? They beat Miami to end their 20-game losing streak. Jacksonville finally has a win. Baseball playoffs, National League Championship Series. The Braves beat the Dodgers 5-4, so Atlanta is up two games to none in the uh, NLCS. Game three will be in L.A. on Tuesday. American Leaguers took yesterday off. The Astros and Red Sox tied at one win apiece in that best-of-seven series. Game three goes tonight. As for high school football, man, what a comeback it was for Camdenton on Friday. They trailed Glendale big and then put together an amazing comeback. They win at 26-25, so they will close out the regular season next week against Rolla, who had a huge night as well last week, upsetting Lebanon, previously undefeated Yellow Jackets. 3-5 and five Osage, beating 1-7 Versailles, 34-24 Friday night. You can see a replay of that game. That was Lake TV's game of the week. Uh, next to, or tomorrow night, seven thirty on Lake TV. So be sure to watch that seven thirty tomorrow night, Lake TV. As for Eldon, they lost in a game that got away from them in the end to Boonville, ranked number four in the state. So Eldon two and six. They will be at Versailles on Friday night. Three and four, Mizzou falls to Texas A and M over the weekend. They're off this week. The MSU Bears a winner over Indiana State. They're four and two. And the hockey season off and running for the 
Blues. They beat Colorado Saturday. They'll be busy tonight. They'll take on Phoenix. So just a little bit of everything there for you, KB, on this beautiful Monday. Back to you. Thank you very much, Chris Schneider, with uh, Lake TV. And, uh, hmm, again, no tennis scores. Bill Munhausen. Nah, I've given up on tennis scores. He's he's not he's not uh, he's not. We're moving unhappy. On. We're moving on to pickleball now. Oh, we'll get into the uh, pickleball realm. Yeah, so you got to tell the guy about pickleball. I uh, I actually watched. <laughs> I, I looked it up online and I watched some people playing pickleball over the weekend. Uh-huh. And uh, yeah, it's uh, it's pretty interesting. Looks like it's. Uh, Good for, for good for the cardio. Good cardio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great cardio. And you get to whack a plastic ball at somebody really hard. You there know? you go. Yeah. So, pl- uh, apparently, what you want is you want somebody on the other side of the net to be someone you don't like, <laughs> so you don't have any trouble <laughs> drilling them with the uh, the, want, the plastic ball. You want to get them in a pickle, yes. <laughs> it's a wiffle ball. And and we uh, we also uh, didn't get the uh, the NASCAR uh, update, which uh, again Kyle Larson wins uh, yesterday in Texas. And helping out his cause for a championship this year. There's a guy who uh, has been racing most all of his life since he was a very young kid. And he's still a relatively young kid. I think he's only, I don't know, twenty somewhere between 25 and 30. So he's out and, uh, you know, he had the little issue with uh, saying something that he could uh, or shouldn't have said. Uh, and then uh, went through the uh, the training classes that NASCAR required him to go through. <laughs> got his life together, got back with Hendrick Motorsports, which um, Hendrick uh, Motorsports has done very well this year, and uh, he's done very well. I think he's won uh, at least six races. And when you think that, uh, when, when you consider there's 36 races in the season, winning six is uh, is pretty impressive because you've got all these other drivers out there. I mean, you've got uh, anywhere from, what, uh, 40 to 43 drivers race depending on how things um, go and who qualifies and all of that other good stuff and uh, that's uh, pretty good in terms of consistency 9 12 is our time I uh, did want to remind you that tomorrow on the program Ashley Hayes will be here in uh, the eight o'clock hour at about 8 30 she'll be talking about the food truck festival that is coming up this weekend at the hillbilly fair in Lori uh, or the hillbilly fairgrounds I'm sorry Bill Mulder we're going to talk the history of hunting that's what Bill says we're talking about as far as a history lesson with Mr. Mulder. And we will also have our friends and underwriters from Firefly Valley Farms here to uh, serve up coffee and cold brew and teas and smoothies. So make sure that uh, if you're in the neighborhood, and even if you're not making a point to be in the neighborhood, come by starting, uh, I guess, uh, as early as about uh, 7, 30, 8 o'clock. They'll have everything set up. You can stop in here at the Key Gathering Place on South Business 5. Get your day started, courtesy of the good folks at Firefly Valley Farms and uh, all the great things that they have. You can even pick up some coffee if you'd like. Uh, Get the beans and grind them yourself, or they will very uh, happily grind them for you right here at uh, the Key Gathering Place. 913, Bill Bundhausen. What's going on this morning over there? Well, apparently my my daughter and son-in-law are both... uh, Kind of coffee aficionados. I've never. I've always thought Folgers was just fine. I know. I know that's going to make <laughs> Stephanie kind of upset with me. But anyhow, I yeah, went. Yeah, yeah. Don't don't make the underwriters mad. Yeah, don't make the underwriters mad. But I was down in Springfield, take uh, watching the grandkids this weekend, and of course I got up um, Sunday morning and I had to make coffee. 
And normally I just open up a, you know, a container of coffee and scoop it out and put it in a coffee maker. But mm -hmm. in this case, I had to open up a bag of beans. And then I'm thinking, well, what do I do with this bag of beans? Because you don't just put it in the, in the coffee maker. You have to grind it first. So I, I accidentally found the wrong grinder, apparently. Instead of the coffee grinder, I found this other thing called a bullet. And I, I ground it in a bullet. And it looked just fine. Yeah. Uh, and, and it actually tasted just fine, but the grandkids were upset because I used their grinder for my coffee. So so you have to be careful with this especially yeah. good coffee that people buy. Yeah, it's a blend. It's a, it's a blender. The it's bullet a, is a... Is it's a, a blender, is a, yeah. Is a, is a, is a but it sure shaved up that coffee real good. Yes. <laughs> yeah, thanks for clarifying yeah, exactly yeah. what kind of grinder it was. Apparently you make <laughs> a smoothie in that. Things. You don't have a coffee-flavored thing. Yes. Yeah. I usually grind the beans and then put them in a jar and then then you can scoop it out and it ah, looks normal yeah. for other people no, they don't do that they want it freshly yes, ground it, yes I'm these are the, the, this is the way you do coffee i'm i'm with them and, yeah. and I, i'm here the wrong day stephanie's not here with the coffee there's there's no coffee i'll be back thursday that's for why coffee. i'm speaking boldly about folgers <laughs> she's not here <laughs> folgers is not okay <laughs> okay anyhow that's that's my story the other thing I was running into is I was, um, I'm still fascinated by how people are coming down on Facebook. Um, I was looking for some, I was looking at a, a publication called the Mac Observer because I'm, I use Macs and I'm interested in tech. And wouldn't you know it, they had a, a story about Facebook and it was titled Facebook, a clinical assessment and a call to action. And it was actually written by a medical doctor. So he's kind of doing a, a diagnosis of Facebook. And he's writing here, he says, for years that have been, there have been troubling public revelations about Facebook's practices and content, including but not limited to non-controlled, non-consented experiments on emotional impact of the user feed, ownership of data, photos, posting of salacious, violent, divisive content, the mental health of human reviewers. Apparently that's a knock against these people who put you in Facebook jail and the health of the platform itself. And he goes on to kind of psycho psychoanalyze Mark Zuckerberg and all sorts of stuff, saying that he's basically an immature guy who doesn't know how to manage a what has become like a big public platform. So it finally gets down to what do you do about it? And he suggests, you know, different kinds of government regulation. But finally, it comes down to we just got to boycott Facebook. And, I, I, you know, I kind of believe it in that. But I'm also thinking I'm running this new radio station and we need to get viewers and we need to get people interested. And how do you do it? I'm, I'm not going to advertise on other radio stations, I don't think. And so Facebook is the natural place to advertise. So I'm kind of stuck with Facebook for a while. Facebook, you can use Twitter. You can use uh, other forms of social media. Yeah, I got rid of Twitter because... They outlawed the President of the United States. I didn't think that was a good plan. And anybody who does that, yeah, you should probably consider whether or not you really want to be a part of something like that because that could very easily be you that they're kicking off the platform and saying uh, you can no longer be a part of it. I don't know uh, how well that would go over, but you figure a guy like Donald Trump should be able to be on any platform just like myself, just like you, just like uh, Jenny, anybody oh. that wants to be on that platform to uh, say what's on their mind. 
And then again, you, you'll go back and forth with the uh, other users mm-hmm. of Twitter or Facebook or, or wherever. So this article is also making the point that Facebook, even though it claims to be uh, a platform, is really a publisher because they're editing the content, and that's what publishers do. Well, and, and I think Facebook, uh, like a lot of these social media sites, is more for people to go out and uh, garner business because, mm-hmm. especially on Facebook, look at how many of uh, uh, the, uh, the posts are ads. Yeah. For uh, this, for that, whatever it is, uh, shirts and survival equipment. And, and I'm guilty of partaking in some of that myself. But uh, as far as Facebook goes, I wonder if it's not a bad idea. You know, just like I said earlier, uh, I think we were talking about this last week when I mentioned MySpace and how my I don't know anybody who still uses MySpace mm-hmm. because something, uh, you know, better came out or what we thought at the time was better. And has it really evolved into something useful, or has it devolved into just a bunch of people bickering back and forth? Yeah, and also controlling content so that certain kinds of content isn't allowed. And then people go to these other social media platforms, and they're probably going to encounter the same thing eventually. So, gee, there ought to be a way. Well, I mean, Key Radio is kind of an attempt to make something more public, more available, so that you're not stuck with these media platforms that regulate who's on them. Yes, but you don't have a globalist, monopolist view of taking over the world how as do, a How do you as know? A, I was just going to say, how do you know that? How do you know? <laughs> what, what, the, the, some of the conversations that Bill and I have had behind closed doors. <laughs> of course. Oh, I'll never be allowed back now. Dang it. But... You know, Mark Zuckerberg has has slid right into the Bill Gates and and the elitist yeah. crowd. He likes it there, and being the kid that he was, I'm sure you know he does. But if they can find one conservative post from a little old gray-haired lady here in in Camdenton, Missouri, why can't they get rid of the child pornography that's pervasive on Facebook? Yeah. It's, it's about making money. Yeah, and, and what's it, interesting is that now it's a lot of liberals or leftists or socialists who are piling on against Facebook. It's like all of a sudden Facebook has outlived its usefulness, I mm-hmm. guess. Yeah, I think that that particular group you mentioned is just full of hate and discontent, and at some time they're going to turn on everybody. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think that is the, the very visible good and evil that's confronting us and i hope you know times times are hard and winter's coming and i just hope that we can all focus on being cheerful warriors we need some positive energy uh, around this county around this state and the and the world right now mm-hmm. and and there's always something bigger that you can find to worry about right we could be uh Uh, completely free and have our country back the way it was but that's not going to change that the the large multinational companies that are focused only on profit really want global government and they want it to look like the ccp in china and sheeple who buy things and and don't bother them so so there's always going to be another iteration we could get all this fixed and then the next step is people hey who's managing my pension fund Who's, where, is, where is my bank sending their money? Oh, what's BlackRock doing right now using my money to, to promote a style of, 
of invasive government that I don't want. I mean, it's just endless of the issues that we can find and the, and the problems to solve. That's why it's important to start small, start, start local, and, and do the things that you can do and build that confidence and the joy of success and the joy mm -hmm. of freedom and, and let the small become larger in an organic way. Yeah, I mean, that's, and that's what we're doing is we're trying to do things locally, get things, if we can't straighten out our little low local Camden County, how can we straighten out the whole country and how can we straighten out the world? So exactly. gotta start somewhere. Exactly, and you, can, you could make yourself exhausted worrying about <laughs> the world and you yeah. know, all the, you know, there's, there's always gonna be something. But I'll tell you, this, this little We the People group is growing. The Facebook is growing. That's We the People of Camden County and more people at the meetings. And we did a, a, a call to action uh, last week, I think it was. Uh, I can't remember. What was our call to action last week? Bill, I can't remember. We did emails. <laughs> to, oh, we, we, to uh, Governor Parsons. Apparently it wasn't anything to... Uh... <laughs> well, I went to Herman, KB. I spent a weekend in Herman. Oh. And I, I admitted I killed that brain cell. Kill, killed a few brain cells. I, I, I did. But it was to uh, Governor Parsons about the special session that we need to talk about these mandates. He's put out some pretty wishy-washy stuff about, well, I'm all against this, but I'm not going to be officially against it because it's just so obvious to be against it that it doesn't have to be official. And mm -hmm. in the meantime, people are losing their jobs. So, so we did a, uh, uh, and we did a campaign with school board members that was local, that was awesome, that was talking about, uh, asking the Camdenton uh, School Board to separate from the Missouri School Board Association, mm -hmm. which is then connected to the National School Board Association, because that's where this social-emotional learning that Stacy Shore was talking about mm -hmm. on here so very eloquently one day. So I haven't checked since I've been back, but I hope a lot of emails went to our local school board members, and that's what it's about. Well, the governor did put out, uh, as you mentioned, something Along the lines of, yes, you know, we're not about uh, having the FBI come to our state and worry about uh, what's going on at school board meetings, things along those lines. But then again, you have to really look at this uh, conflict of interest with the U.S. Attorney General, his daughter, her husband, and what's going on. Now, Fairfax County, I believe it's Fairfax County, Virginia, they uh, very quietly signed a $1.8 million deal with... Um, with this uh, Andrew, uh, what's his name, uh, Al Alexander Tanner, I'm sorry, Alexander Tanner, uh, the guy that leads this, uh, I believe it's called Panorama Technologies. Uh, and what they're going to get, uh, $1.8 million, uh, his company will come in and they have uh, 180,000 students in their district. And so they'll have this social emotional screener and uh, these people will be coming in and asking the children questions about uh, do they feel sad, do they feel glad, you know, do they feel like they're gender fluid, uh, and, and they'll talk to them about all of these different issues. And then, as Stacy mentioned, it's kind of the, uh, the test of, okay, all you kids who answer the way you're supposed to, you go over here, and then all you kids who don't, uh, you go over here, and we'll just kind of see how everything plays out. So 
Uh, but again, if uh, you've got any questions or comments out there about what we're kicking around this morning, feel free to give us a call at 573-633-5395, or K-E-Y-K, 633-5395. Give us a call this morning here on The Key, and uh, let us know what's uh, what's on your mind. 926, I think that... Uh, you know, you've got somebody like a Mark McCloskey who says, yeah, you know, I want to kind of reel things in, put the rhinos out to pasture. Um, he's taking on an awful big task. And, you know, when somebody like that, that doesn't really have any experience in government, but they're bound and determined to want to go to Washington, D.C. and make major changes, they've got to realize and understand there are going to be a lot of uh, roadblocks and hurdles for them to overcome because, as we've seen in the past, if you uh, don't want to go up there and play ball, well, they can pretty much, uh, you know, put you, out, put you out to dry or put you out to pasture, as he said. They try. They I, try. I remember a Jimmy Stewart movie called Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. It was kind of illustrative. Back in the olden days when it was a much kinder and gentler country. But even then, you face a lot of obstacles going to to those p- kind of places. Oh, true. And and then every once in a while, you see a truly brave man. And and I'll tell you, Josh, you know, we we in Missouri are are by and large very proud of Josh Hawley, and and he has really moved into mm-hmm. the big uh, uh, politic, you know, send your donation, you know, kind of thing. But I'm gonna tell you, he stood up for us and objected to the 2020 election results because we asked him to. And he spoke for us, he's continued to speak eloquently for us, and I appreciate that. I think that goes back to your your question and comments earlier about how do you stay in touch with the people Mm -hmm. and how do you know how that works? Well, I don't know how Josh Hawley is doing it, but when he stood up and objected to that election knowing what was gonna happen to him, and was the first one, didn't, didn't coattail anyone. He gained my respect and my vote. It was just so impressive. And, and, I don't, and, and there was a politician uh, speaking a, a couple weeks ago in the, in the neighborhood, and they talked about how, oh, gathering on the steps, like Mark McCloskey was talking about, 50 Republicans speaking out. I've always thought that that should be happening. That bully pulpit should be used. Mm-hmm. And this, this particular U.S. representative says, well, that doesn't do any good. The way that you stop them is to defeat their agenda. But it does do good, mm. and, and it helps people know where you stand. It's about courage, and some people have it, and some people don't. Some people would much rather go up there and be a part of the status quo as opposed to breaking out of the status quo and trying to, uh, trying to do what they feel is right. It just seems as though so many people get up there and they see that it is the land of milk and honey and get lost in all of it and realize that it's, it seems to be less about your constituents, your people at home, and the reason you said you wanted to go there in the first place and the things you said you were going to do as it is, you know, you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. Mm-hmm. That, that, you know, you support my bill and when it comes time uh, and something you need is, is rolling around then we'll, uh, we'll certainly just uh, step in and, uh, and work with you on things. But that's really not how it's supposed to go. And, and, and then that's where I feel that a lot of these people get up there and, uh, and lose their way. 
Yeah, never a better example of that than the Missouri legislature last session where the, uh, what's his name, Dave Schatz held up good conservative bills, things that were supported by the people, and played that game until he got his gas tax passed, yeah. right? At least that's the story I got. So something that the people of Missouri have voted down three times got passed based on this game that you're describing so capably. Mm -hmm. And it's wrong. And if we go back, if those people in those counties go back and reelect that guy, it'll be a shame. Yeah. 9.30 is our time. We're ready for our information block at the bottom of the hour. Stacy Johnson joining us from LakeExpo.com, your trusted news source with plenty of information. We'll update you on the weather forecast, and we will also get our final check of sports from Chris Schneider with Lake TV on the team. I'm Stacy Johnson, and this is your Lake Expo News Cut for Monday, October 18th. Take a deeper dive at lakeexpo.com. Millstone Marina, the oldest and largest operating marina on the Lake of the Ozarks, has just been sold. A Florida-based investment group, Southern Marinas Holding Two, announced the purchase last week. They stated in a press release that Millstone was the perfect addition to Southern Marina's rapidly growing portfolio. A Camdenton school janitor is facing more charges as after authorities say he exposed himself in a school bathroom. Jesse DeVore has been charged with six more felonies related to sexual misconduct involving a child under the age of 15. Those charges are related to alleged sexual misconduct that happened at the Camdenton Walmart several years ago in the bathroom and parking lot. DeVore was originally charged in March of 2019 after an incident that allegedly took place in the Camdenton's Oak Ridge Elementary School bathroom. He's also facing multiple civil lawsuits from the incident. It's fire season at the lake. With humidity dropping, homeowners burning leaves and the breeze picking up, make sure to use extra fire safety if you're planning to burn. Mid-County Fire Protection District says that in September, they responded to 202 incidents. Most of those were medical responses, but it kept firefighters busy with an average of 6.7 incidents per day. So be careful with your fire this fall and keep those fire response numbers low for October. Get more Lake of the Ozarks news at lakeexpo.com. Download our free app from the App Store and Google Play. Lakeexpo.com, the lake's trusted news source. Join We the People of Camden County on Thursday, October 21st at the Elks Hall in Osage Beach. Their guest speaker will be St. Louis Attorney Mark McCloskey, who is running for the United States Senate. We the People of Camden County will again ask the candidate to answer their six specific questions, as well as taking questions from those in attendance. Doors open at 5, and the event begins at 6.30. Attorney Mark McCloskey, Thursday, October 21st at the Elks Hall in Osage Beach, presented by We the People of Camden County. Front Porch Village, Too Fast, Run to the Porch, 5K and One Mile Walk Run will be held on October 30th at Lynn Creek Memorial Park. Check-in will be at 8 a.m. and the race run will start at 9 a.m. All proceeds for this event go to Front Porch Village. Front Porch Village is a non-profit tiny house community that will provide affordable, sustainable, and transitional housing for single-parent families in Camdenton. 
To register or to find out more information, please go to www.tickettailor.com slash events slash tree 197 ministries. Hope to see you there. It takes a community to build a village. The goal of Key Radio is to offer the community an opportunity to share information and to express their ideas and opinions. Key Radio presents a platform for all types of information. We encourage interested content providers to create podcasts that explain the finer points of business, family issues, arts and entertainment, religion, government, and more. Key Radio is also looking for unique and one-of-a-kind podcasts as well. Key Radio is based on positive and productive podcasts that encourage and inspire our listeners to become engaged in their community. For more information on becoming a content provider, call 573-280-0532 or go to keygatheringplace.com slash keyradio. You're listening to 89.3 The Key. The Artichoke Heart is about peeling back the layers and getting to the heart of what really matters in life, parenting, faith, and wellness. You will find purposeful parenting topics, inspirational family stories, homeschool tips, book and game reviews, recipe and wellness posts, and so much more. Our three hosts are Ruth Harris, Maggie Butterfield, and Gretchen Peters. They can't wait to connect with you and share their hearts. Listen to The Artichoke Heart Wednesdays and Sundays at 6 a.m., 2 p.m. and 10 p.m. on Key Radio 89.3 FM. Programming on Key Radio made possible in part through a generous donation from Victoria Station. Misty Atkinson talks about Victoria Station. We carry nautical, contemporary, and traditional type themes in our store in general, but we go into lots of different categories. When you come to Victoria Station, we want you to feel like you've escaped from the world. We want you to come and enjoy the sights, the sounds, the smells, and find that something special to introduce that into your own home. We are located just off the Case Road exit in Osage. Beach, and we're open seven days a week, 9.30 to 5.30. Key Radio is financially supported in part by generous giving from Firefly Valley Farms, coffee roasters, and beverage solutions. Firefly Valley Farms believes coffee is a big deal. It's their passion. They owned a coffee shop for 11 years and have been roasting coffee since 2006. When you order coffee, they freshly roast it and ship it directly to your home or office and you enjoy. Nothing compares to coffee this fresh. Firefly Valley Farms also takes pride in supporting growers that utilize ethical and sustainable processing practices. In addition to coffee, they have a family-owned and operated fruit orchard nestled at the bottom of Hudson Hollow on the banks of the Little Niangua River in Roach, Missouri. Firefly Valley Farms protects our land, rivers, our bees, and our bodies by using only organic pest management. Learn more online at fireflyvalleyfarms.com. We're happy to be the Lake Sounding Board. Community radio for the Lake of the Ozarks. It's 89.3, the key. All right, 937, folks, welcome back. 54 degrees now on our way to a high today of around 74. It's going to be another beautiful day at the lake. Some uh, great weather for you to enjoy. 
74 the high, 50 the low. So turning off the air, sleeping with the windows open, that's uh, kind of the way to go. If uh, that's your, you know, if that's something that makes you happy. 74 the high on Tuesday, 72 on Wednesday, 62 the high on Thursday, 65 on Friday, uh, 64 on Saturday. And then Sunday, a chance, it looks like a relatively decent chance, about a 45% chance, if you will, for some showers on uh, Sunday and a high of 62. But that good old fall weather getting in here and uh, really kind of taking over. And that's the way we like it around this time of year because it uh, opens up a lot of opportunities for those uh, great fall festivals. I know we've had uh, Apple Festival and Turkey Festival, and we're having the Food Truck Festival coming up uh, this weekend so lots of good stuff going on there. Again, 54 degrees and a mostly clear sky. I think uh, maybe Chris Schneider would like an opportunity to uh, bring us a check of sports one more time if you're just getting caught up on the day. Big win for the Camdenton Lakers on Friday night, and it really kind of helped them uh, set the stage as far as where they're headed. And uh, for you Laker fans out there, um, gosh, Rolla a team that uh, you don't necessarily think of to be a contender. Well, they knocked off the uh, the number one, or they were, I believe, number four in the state, and that's the Lebanon Yellow Jackets. They beat uh, Lebanon 28-20, and the Lakers beat uh, Glendale 26-25. And who do the Lakers play for their final regular season game? It will be a home game. It will be senior night. It uh, will be none other than the Rolla Bulldogs coming up this Friday. It is almost 9.40. Chris Schneider standing by with a check of sports on the... Good Monday morning to you. What a weekend of sports it was, huh? Chiefs getting a win yesterday as they beat Washington 31-13. They actually trailed at halftime. Good second half, and the Chiefs now back to 500 on the season at 3-3. Three and three. They travel to play Tennessee next Sunday. Arizona still the only undefeated team in the league. 6-0 and after beating up on Cleveland yesterday. That was a very impressive win. And how about the Jaguars? They beat Miami to end their 20-game losing streak. Jacksonville finally has a win. Baseball playoffs, National League Championship Series. The Braves beat the Dodgers 5-4, so Atlanta is up two games to none in the uh, NLCS. Game three will be in L.A. on Tuesday. American Leaguers took yesterday off. The Astros and Red Sox tied at one win apiece in that best-of-seven series. Game three goes tonight. As for high school football, man, what a comeback it was for Camdenton on Friday. They trailed Glendale big and then put together an amazing comeback. They win at 26-25. So they will close out the regular season next week against Rolla, who had a huge night as well last week, upsetting Lebanon, previously undefeated Yellow Jackets. 3-5 and five Osage, beating 1-7 and seven Versailles, 34-24 Friday night. You can see a replay of that game. That was Lake TV's Game of the Week. Uh, next to, or tomorrow night, 7.30 on Lake TV. So be sure to watch that, 7.30 tomorrow night, Lake TV. As for Eldon, they lost in a game that got away from them in the end to Boonville, ranked number four in the state. So Eldon 2-6, and six, they will be at Versailles on Friday night. 3-4 and four, Mizzou falls to Texas A&M over the weekend. They're off this week. The MSU Bears, a winner over Indiana State. They're 4-2. and two. 
And the hockey season off and running for the Blues. They beat Colorado Saturday. They'll be busy tonight. They'll take on Phoenix. So just a little bit of everything there for you, KB, on this beautiful Monday. Back to you. Thank you, Chris. Appreciate the opportunity here this morning. And uh, we'll hear from Chris Schneider again tomorrow with the uh, latest on, uh, I guess, what uh, happens tonight, Monday Night Football. And then, uh, of course, anything else going on in and around the area. 9.42 is our time. I saw this this article, again, for uh, the folks who are really excited about trying to get recreational marijuana on the ballot. And uh, they are looking at trying to do something possibly uh, next year, and they have been working at a fever pitch to make that happen. But uh, a lot of folks are uh, still saying it's going to take a while before uh, you get any real push for medical marijuana. Well, you've got medical marijuana. What I'm saying is for recreational marijuana. And uh, Larry Simpson, uh, apparently this article from uh, uh, MSN.com and K. Uh, KMOV.com. Larry Simpson has found a way to help his anxiety and depression. The cancer survivor was the first person to legally purchase uh, medical marijuana one year ago. Uh, Taking the gummies on a regular basis, I no longer needed my prescription medication, Simpson said. He shops at In Bliss Cannabis in Manchester in West St. Louis County. Across the street is another dispensary, Kind Goods, There are two of the 162 uh, dispensaries given licenses so far by the state of Missouri. Uh, We've uh, seen the patient count go up week over week. Uh, The numbers tell a different, uh, well, the numbers tell a story of demand. It says here the the folks uh, where they uh, are getting this, uh, there are more than 160,000 Missourians who've received their medical marijuana card 40% of them are over the age of 50. So far in 2021, the industry has raised more than $136 million in revenue, and it's expected to exceed $200 million, which is more than anyone expected. The success is good news for those who want to see recreational marijuana in Missouri. So what do you think, Jenny, about uh, putting recreational marijuana on the ballot, uh, giving folks here in the state of Missouri the opportunity to... uh, you know, not necessarily have to worry about having a medical card in order to smoke marijuana. Do you think it's uh, it's going to be something that is beneficial? Uh, and I guess, again, the, the key here to all of this is that maybe they're trying to uh, uh, cut into and maybe completely do away with the illegal sales of marijuana. And wouldn't that be nice? I, you know, I think it, it's kind of like saying... Nobody under 21 drinks beer. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, people that that want pot can get pot and are going to smoke it. And it's it's the way the way I'm a child of the 60s. I get I get it. I know a lot of people who are cancer survivors that that use it with with very good results. Um, I think that whatever. Uh, uh, regulation and and whatever suppression there is of of marijuana should also apply to pharmaceuticals. Mm-hmm. I think that's a huge double standard. You know, natural natural remedies always suffer compared to money driving big pharma. 
And I'm sure if uh, Pfizer or Moderna or, or whichever could find a way to package, produce it, have a have a exclusive offering of it, and make all their money, then the propaganda around it would be completely different. Uh, uh, having having said that, there there are people that have suffered from going down that pathway, but there's people that have a lot of people suffer from going down the path of the overuse of alcohol. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the you know some people are are naturally I guess addicted. And and some are not. It's a it's a slippery slope, in my opinion. But I'm all about freedom. Some so people what do, you do. Well, some you know? people say that marijuana is a gateway drug, and I guess again, that's all in how people use it. Um, I don't necessarily see it as a gateway drug. I think if somebody wants to smoke marijuana, they will. Does it uh, does it make them want to go out and do cocaine or heroin? Or find something that uh, is more of a, a of a bigger bigger thrill or bigger rush, if you want to call it that. Uh, again, you know, it's it's that individual person, and it's hard for somebody to say that you know marijuana is a gateway drug because it's it's up to the individual. It's not up to somebody to determine what they think that uh, individual might do. Now, there are two groups, Fair Access Missouri and Legal Missouri 22, who filed petitions to uh, get marijuana, the use, uh, the adult use of marijuana on the ballot in 2022. Now, you mentioned, you know, people under 21 that, that drink beer. <laughs> and, uh, again, the adult use. But uh, John Payne with Legal Missouri 22 says, they hope to begin getting signatures in the next two weeks with the hope of it going on the ballot in November of 2022. When Missourians approved medical marijuana, they voted for the fees and taxes to go to the Missouri Veterans Commission. In total, they have received more than $6 million. Currently, a portion of the funds are being used to fund a, uh, a wall at the Missouri Veterans Cemetery in Jacksonville. So, you know, they're I guess coming up with uh, it, it's kind of like when they talk about the lottery going money from the lottery going to education. Yeah, I'm I'm in my early 60s. I can't think of any instance in my in my growing up that I have seen marijuana be a gateway drug. I agree with you 100 mm-hmm. percent on that. Uh, it, helping people cope with life would help would help overuse of of any psychological altering substance alcohol i think i think any um, of it, i think where know? it can be a, a gateway drug um is because of the illegality if you want to buy marijuana currently you have to buy it from an illegal source and that illegal source also sells other substances so I think making it legal would probably be, make it not be a gateway drug. Some do, some don't. I mean, some people specifically sell marijuana, and then there are people who sell multiple things. Like, mm-hmm. but I guess it. You know, when you think about people selling it illegally, they look at it from the standpoint of what is the one thing that I can have and put out there to people who want it that is going to cost the most money, or how do I make the most money? off of, of, of selling this. And certainly, you know, it, 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 it's kind of like that whole war on drugs thing, you know? <laughs> the intent was good, but the way it was carried out was completely and totally wrong. Yeah. 
Yes, well, government intervention in almost anything is wrong, right? right? It it never it never turns out good. And you know, getting it on the ballot and all the local things that you can do. But who is driving the the uh, the campaign to get the federal government to take it off the whatever that list is that prevents people that are selling it legally to bank the money? Mm-hmm that that's just ridiculous it's to me it's just a an indication of how how far removed our politicians are from the people that support them come out and say one way or the other i support taking marijuana off the list that makes it a federal crime or i support leaving it on there but Say what you think and stand by it and let people vote for you or not based on what you think. Well, a couple of different things there. Um, I think the people who buy it and use it and get busted for it, you know, what what are the penalties? Are the penalties that stiff? Um, There are a lot of states who are really starting to reduce the penalties for possession of marijuana and even other drugs as well. I mean, I think it's Oregon. Uh, they were going to look the other way. I mean, not necessarily look the other way, but it wasn't going to be uh, as as big of a deal as it once was. And so the folks there uh, are looking at, uh, because they say, you know, our, our jails and our prisons are, are full of people who just, uh, you know, possession of marijuana, and I guess maybe even to some degree the sale of marijuana, isn't necessarily as big of a crime as, as people used to consider it. So that's one, uh, that's one aspect of it. Something else, though, is, uh, again, when you look at this from the standpoint of the federal government, marijuana is still illegal on the federal level. But yet there are states that are, uh, you know, going ahead with medical marijuana, Missouri being one of them, and uh, it seems eventually like they end up going down the road of recreational marijuana. So I guess in, uh, in trying to convert the funds or, you know, put things in the bank or whatever you want to call it, um, you know, maybe you still have a few issues there with that. Who knows? But the main thing is, is the federal government is now looking into possibly making it legal on the federal level because they see the amount of money that, uh, you know, that, that is possible through the sale of marijuana, through you know, the, the dispensaries, through the growing facilities, all of that. More sp- specifically, the amount of money that's not going into the banking system yeah. where they can tax it and control it and into the hands of those, those uh, global multinationals that we talked about earlier to drive mm. their evil agenda. I mean, it's all very uh, complex, so, isn't it? So are you it? saying it's, it's better to keep it illegal so the... So is it better to keep it illegal then? Because then the criminals have it oh, and it oh doesn't no. go into the banking system? Uh, my personal opinion <laughs> is, is is that the federal government needs needs to uh, take a, a vote in Congress of people that are representing Americans and make a decision one way or the other and quit kicking the can down the road. But if you think about it, the the people across the country that that you talk about like the first iteration of non-compliance yeah this right? is this is actually evidence <laughs> that states a, don't have to follow what federal law says it's a, it's exactly it's a we will not comply i'm gonna buy my pot and smoke it anyway and live yeah. my life as a as a useful citizen i in i was in herman last weekend as we talked about before and there's this cool old hotel called the white house that you can tour now mm-hmm. very fun 
kids from Rolla bought it and a restore. It's really cool. Anyway, when you take the tour, you go down into the basement to see the speakeasy. And, and there's, a, there's a chair that you move and the trap door comes up for the, for the exit mm-hmm. of when the speakeasy got raided. People were coming in off the, off the river. You'll have to tell young people what a speakeasy is. <laughs> a speakeasy <laughs> is where people used to go to drink during Prohibition right. in, the t- in the 20s right? Yeah. 20s. So there was the roaring 20s where everybody was uh, partying it up pretty good. And then came prohibition and alcohol was illegal. And when the feds uh, raided, you had to speak easy so they wouldn't know what was going on. Oh, cool. I didn't know. I knew it was a speaking. You know, we've all seen the old movies, right, where they slide the little door open. Mm -hmm. I thought it was very cool. And we just think nothing of that. And that's just all the funnest thing. So you never know, you know, in 100 years, how you're going (laughs) to I ain't going to look back on something. Well, and then you have to look at the movie they put out uh, some years ago called Reefer Madness. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever seen that movie or not, but it is pretty hysterical. The guy ends up getting stoned and goes crazy and ends up shooting and killing somebody. And they've got the guy that's been smoking marijuana, and he's playing the piano. And he looks like some sort of a deviant sitting there, you know, and he's all whacked out on marijuana. But I, I, I just I, I think that movie was made, I guess, as kind of a... Uh, Jeez, I, I don't know if it's a documentary or what, but uh, the, the, the way my friends and I sat around and watched it one time, and we just, we thought it was pretty hysterical. It's classic. It became the ultimate stoner cult classic, yeah. right? So, you know, everybody had that, and Cheech and Chong, that's just the way of the, way of the world. And, man, yeah, and, and Cheech and Chong, I'm sure, were boycotted by some, but were loved by many more because... Uh, uh, not only did they, you know, have their stoner movies, they, they, you know, went around and traveled the country and doing stand-up and things like that. And, uh, you know, they're, they're almost, I guess to some degree they have uh, reached iconic status. Yes, but for full disclosure, I, I think Tommy Chong comes out now against the use of marijuana in his, in his old age. I read something about that. I'll get into the details. But, you know, and it kind of, it made me think for a minute about, you know, we're talking about the social emotional learning and the CRT and the things in the schools. I, I told my uh, son-in-law, you know, cause my grandchildren are starting school in Wisconsin and, and my granddaughter is four. And I said, be careful and know what they're teaching her. And he looked at me, and said, don't worry about Scarlett. She doesn't take anybody's word for anything. <laughs> so I think there's another element here that we can all be proud of is that if you are raising good kids and they understand critical thinking, they're going to they're gonna pu- push back. So, so maybe that's the real wave. That's probably the only chance we have of keeping our public schools. Uh, you know, pull your kids out or let your kids fight back. I don't know, but kids don't always listen to the to what's going on in the classroom as in the form of indoctrination. They tend to rebel. Some kids do, and some kids are just like that because they've had uh, good quality parents that have maintained a relationship with them and basically haven't, you know, just put the the relationship on autopilot and said, here, uh, let's find something else to take care of the kids, whether it's school, you know, where I can take them, drop them off, and they'll babysit them for six, seven, eight hours a day, whatever it takes. I want to be more into my child's life and know more about what they're learning and just try to teach them some basic values. I think we all want our kids to be able to be able to do uh, certain things, but it's, you know, how we decide to implement that into their lives. Uh, Do we do it forcibly? 
Uh, do we do it more of just, you know, working with them um, or, or however you want to do that? So I think you're absolutely right in the sense that there are a lot of good kids out there. And that kind of takes the stress off uh, of me and other older people because at some point those kids may very well be making decisions that affect us directly. That's right. This little girl, she's born warrior. Yeah. She's my girl. It's just wonderful to see. And, you know, daycare, this this concept, and I, I probably shouldn't even speak to it because I, I, don't ha I didn't raise children. But this concept that both parents have to work because we have to have a bigger house and two cars and that it takes this much money to live. Mm -hmm. It takes this much money, I'm doing air quotes, it takes this much money to live at a certain standard. Maybe you don't need four bedrooms. Maybe you, my truck is an 06 and I will have it till I die because I love it. So maybe you don't put the kids in daycare. Maybe you decide whether mom works or dad works. I don't know. Right. You know, but there's got to be a better way to influence these children. And f having problems with what's going on, this in, on in our public schools right now is very legit. So by parents homeschooling and co-op schooling, right. that to me looks like that return to parenting. And mm -hmm. I hope the next evolution of that is apparent at home. Very good. Folks, we're up against the clock. We will uh, join you again tomorrow from 8 until 10. As I said, Firefly Valley Farms will be here. Ashley Hayes will be here talking about the Food Truck Festival. And Bill Mulder will be talking the history of hunting and uh, where we started out with rocks and graduated all the way up to these high-powered rifles that we have now to do our hunting. Uh, also, uh, on the tail end of things here this morning, uh, Colin Powell, who... Uh, it was uh, Secretary of State at one point, a four-star general in the military, has passed away uh, due to health complications.